Today, we're going to talk about Bernie Sanders' 60 Minutes interview with Anderson Cooper, and we're going to hear from the author of The Socialist Manifesto. It's going to be a great show. Welcome to How to Build a Tent, the podcast on how to make you successful. We are part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Over to flfnetwork.com. Put an HGBT in the memo field. Get a sweet mug. Get tons of great content and be helping us as we proclaim the lordship of Jesus in every area of life. And boy, do the liberal socialists on YouTube hate that. Well, I'm prostitutalizing and I'm telling people about my religion. Oh, I love it so much. The hate that I've been getting and the responses, quote unquote, <laughs> to some of my videos. Uh, man, I'm going to read some of those to you today. I'm going to read you some of the comments that I'm getting from my episode 369. And hey, YouTube released my episode on the TED Talks. What is that one? What did, where, what was it? Where was it? It was, oh, episode 371. But there's still a copyright pending. They haven't responded. So there's something sneaky going on. They didn't not show it. They didn't block it and do that unusual move because of copyright issues. Because there's still a copyright, quote unquote, infringement. But some other reason that it just happens to be released. So if you want to go check that out, you can check out episode 371 and the 369 the episode I'm going to read you some hate speech on and we'll uh, just have a good time and then you can hear and see what YouTube does not want you to hear. Oh man, we got a great show today and just telling you, this guy who wrote the Socialist Manifesto, he let some things out of the box and I cannot wait to share that with you. And okay, let's get into this. I want to read first of all some comments from my episode 369 on YouTube and why am I doing this? Because it's funny, really. But also, I want you to be emboldened. A.D. Robles and myself on Reform Jellical, we have this goal for 2020. We have a lot of goals, quite honestly, because this is going to be a big year and you can already tell, you can already feel it. But we, one of those goals is we want to lay down cover fire for other people to speak up and to be bold. And that is by <laughs> stepping out and getting the brunt of these attacks. But I just want you to see that we don't have to fear the people that are going to speak out against truth. When we're grounded in the word, when we are speaking out on what's true, when we are espousing principles that are rooted and founded in the word of God, then we don't have to fear the foolishness of this world. Uh, the, one of the things I was making fun of um, Krugman for on the show, which by the way, this show is ranking third. When you search for Seth Meyers and Paul Krugman, my show comes up third above other Seth Meyers shows. That is winning. I posted it on my social media. If that's not winning, I don't know what is. When my show can have so much engagement that it is trending on Seth Meyers' late night show. Oh, that's so good. I thank you everyone for watching on the YouTube, liking, thumbs up, subscribing, commenting. All those things help own these people, and it's fantastic. But one of the things Paul Krugman, they were talking about how great he has a a Nobel Prize, and I was just calling it a Nobel Peace Prize. I don't care that it's not what it is called. It's all a joke. It's all a bunch of elitist liberals giving each other pats on the back, giving them little trophies. I really don't care. So I was just calling it a Nobel Peace Prize. But anyways, the worst guy was like, no, not the Nobel Peace Prize, Nobel for economics. There's a difference between weather and climate too. Your ignorance on other topics such as economics is truly astounding. Don't know where to begin? Suffice it to say, most of all your assertions are flawed. You should check into the Dunning-Kruger effect. Now, 
I, uh, my assertions are astounding. My ignorance is overwhelming. And he doesn't point to anything. He doesn't point to anything. We shouldn't be scared of these kinds of comments. We shouldn't be scared of this pushback. Because it's just hot air. There's nothing grounded in facts. Who cares what David Hurley says? In fact, David Hurley helped promote my video because every comment I get shoots me up the algorithm. So not only does he look foolish for not being able to point a specific thing that I said that was wrong, but he's helping me. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Next one. Oh, let's see. Dude, you don't understand economics. You should go take an economics class. I've taken probably three or four times the amount that this dude has getting an MBA. But thanks, Will. Appreciate it. Helping me up that uh, ladder. Helping me up that uh, algorithm. Again, I don't understand economics, but not one point of reference. Again, I just use facts. And we just talk about things from an obvious uh, perspective, and they don't have anything to say about it. Oh, oh, here's a good one. Once I finally found your point about Krugman lost amongst, amongst. <laughs> uh, please don't ever use the word amongst on any social media. The advertising and the proselytizing on Christianity, your economics argument was garbage. Perhaps you should think about why you only have 189 subscribers. Okay, I admit it. My YouTube channel's pathetic. I've been trying with the few spare moments I have to help get that going. That's one of my goals this year. Along with 250, making 250, getting 250 you to start a business. But hey, you have one subscriber. So don't come at me with 189 subscribers, but I'm working on it. And hey, if you guys want to subscribe and help me uh, get those subscriber numbers up, I'd appreciate it. I'd appreciate it. But there was, okay, so this guy, and then he commented on his own comment, which I don't know why he didn't just put it in the same comment. But hey, I appreciate it. That helps me get up the algorithms. And if you can hear my voice, I'm still trying to recover from a cold. This is your first time listening. My voice sounds better than this at most days. He does make one interesting argument, but instantly, if you just take a little bit of critical thought, you can just destroy this. He's saying that's not accounting inflation. And if you would factor in inflation, the tax cuts really wouldn't be paying for themselves. But the problem is, and if you just take 2018, which I believe inflation was 1.8% in 2018, 1.8, 1.9. In 2017, before the tax cuts, inflation was at 2.3%, I believe. It was up at 2.1, 2 2.2, 2 2.3. So if you're argument was going to hold any water, inflation would have had to have been equal or higher. No, it would have actually had been higher because inflation would have helped you inflate the numbers because revenues went up from 2017 to 2018, but they don't. Inflation goes down. So using your logic, you should have actually lost money because inflation was higher than in 2017 before the tax cuts. And then he just, you know, doesn't address that whatsoever. Again, guys, we don't have to be scared. Even when they have a point and they may try to argue a point, it just takes some common sense and to really think through things. Like this guy is trying to use 2008 numbers with inflation factored and 2017 numbers without it. He's trying to do all this voodoo math. When you are arguing with liberals, when you're arguing with progressives, math is always on your side as a conservative because that's how God made the world. 
You don't have to be scared. So get out there, fight, throw out an argument. It's not hurtful. It's not harmful at all. Okay, that's enough of that. I just have too much fun reading that stuff. So what is Democrat socialism? It's meaningless to most Americans. It's meaningless to most Americans because it means nothing. That's like saying, I don't want a grilled cheese. I want a Democrat grilled cheese. It's still a grilled cheese. That's what it is. That's from the Socialist Manifesto author, author that we'll get to in a second. But first, let's get into the Bernie and Anderson Cooper 60 Minutes. We're not great when half of our people today are living paycheck to paycheck. When 500,000 people tonight are going to be sleeping out on the streets. Bernie Sanders, is America great? We're not great because people are living paycheck to paycheck and they're living out in the streets. Okay. Why are people living paycheck to paycheck? It's because they are living a life that they've chosen to do that for most cases. Now, there's people that have had hardships. There are people that have circumstances that they can't control. But if America is a bad place because people are living paycheck to paycheck, then you have to tell me why and how America, quote unquote, that is the government, has made people live paycheck to paycheck. The only arguments I can think of are not for uh, more government. The only arguments I can think of are reasons that government has gone too big, that they've raised taxes too much, that they've had too many regulations. Those are arguments of what the government's been doing that have made people live paycheck to paycheck. So bringing in socialism isn't really going to help that. And in fact, if we look at history in every other area where socialism has been implemented, it doesn't get better for them. And ask, this is the question we need to ask. If you are going to bring in this utopia under socialism, what are you going to do differently than every other dictator? I mean, every other socialist in the past. What actual things are you going to do differently than they did? They can't point to one thing because it isn't different. And the reason people are paycheck to paycheck is personal responsibility, guys. It, you are having a choice. And he goes on talking about people living on the street. Now, there are mental health issues. There is those things. But the government has made it harder to help those people where you can't get them help unless they authorize it. And a lot of mental ill people don't want it. And he talks about veterans. Veterans have mental health issues, too. And you want to give them help. And if they don't want it, they don't, you can't give it to them. It's an issue, but it's not a government issue to be solved. And you can just look at every Democrat controlled place, San Francisco, LA. Homelessness is not good there. It's worse. And those are all microcosms of what it would be at a national level. Let's go to the next clip. My father came to this country at the age of 17 without a nickel in his pocket, couldn't speak a word of English, had very limited education. We are a great nation because people like my father would never have dreamed in a million years that their kids would become United States senators or be successful in many other ways. What other country in the world can you say that about? What other country can you say that about? Where you could go to another country that's not your own 
not speak the language of that country and your children can be politicians, there's no other country in the world that can do that. For those of you watching, you might see tears dropping. That's not me crying. I've been coughing and editing it out. (laughs) No other country in the world can do that. And you know what? That country did it not as a socialist country, as a capitalist country. In fact, the farther back you go, the more capitalistic we've become, we were, the more free we were. And so when Bernie Sanders' father came, we were much more free. We had much less government regulations. We had much less social programs. And yet the, he was able to succeed without even knowing our language. That doesn't seem like a critical race theory, power structure, patriarchal, dominant, you know, evil capitalist society. That sounds like a pretty darn good place, doesn't it? This is the Bernie Sanders that wants to change our whole system. The one that your father was able to use to provide for your family to get you to a place where you could run for politics and you want to change everything? You want us to be like every other country where this would never happen? Where your story will never happen? Matt, why do you talk about politics? This is a business show. Because it's all related and it's important. His success as Bernie Sanders, millionaire, three homes. If we want to have this for our kids, like he's talking about his dad being able to make happen through his hard work for his kid, Bernie. If we want that for our kids, we have to fight for this in politics. We have to fight for this in every area. I want my kids to have the opportunities Bernie has. And Bernie's trying to steal it from us. He's trying to take it away. Now let's go to the Socialist Manifesto author in his interview. It's from NBC. What do you credit Bernie's rise to? Well, I think a lot of this is is economic frustration. If you look at American workers, we're working longer hours than our peers in, in Europe. And instead, we're, we're told that we're, we're not doing enough. We're told that something like the opioid crisis is our fault. It's our fault that we're accumulating medical debt, student debt, and whatnot. So I think there's a feeling among people that they're playing by the rules and they're still not getting ahead. Okay, why are people going to vote for Bernie? Bernie, because we don't get as much vacation time as Europe? Because when we're addicted to drugs, people tell us it's our fault? Because when we have student debt, people are blaming us? This is the deadly sin of socialism. It's, I don't want to have personal responsibility, so I'm going to steal it from you. And that's the appeal of Bernie. And that's why I don't think he's electable. He might be electable within a Democrat primary, but I don't see the whole country being able to do that. And I want to just say this, too, because it's important. People are saying, well, everyone never thought Trump could win. Yeah, Trump was a long shot. But there's a reason long shots are long shots. It's because a lot of times they're long shots. And the other thing is, is Trump tapped into something. It wasn't just by accident. People aren't giving Trump enough credit when they're saying like, oh, he was just a long shot. So long shots can always happen. Or, oh, I'm a billionaire, Bloomberg and whatever that other guy is, Steyer, Tom Steyer. I could just buy my way too. Trump did it. 
Trump didn't win because of his money. Trump, Trump won because he tapped into something that people believe in. America, how it used to be. For better or worse, that's how he won. But no one is going to be for stealing from other people to pay for people's student loans. No one like no one outside the young people who are brainwashed by the you know state schools and their socialist you know propaganda. But the older generations who are the primary voters aren't going to be voting for, you know, let's just give everyone health care because it's going to cost us 10 trillion dollars a year. 10 trillion dollars a year. We spend four trillion dollars a year right now, and we're already at trillion dollars in debt every year. It's insane. I don't think he's electable. Is there an opportunity for Bernie Sanders to use those shared resentments to maybe bring some of those Trump voters over to his side who maybe share some of those same frustrations? Mm -hmm. That is the only thing he has resentment. Now, think about where we are right now. Our economy is doing well. The stock market's doing well, mostly, except this coronavirus thing has been kicking them in the butt, kicking the stocks in the butt. Do you think a majority of America right now is full of resentment? Or are they full of optimism and hope? I don't know, man. I just don't see it. I don't see it. Let's start with defining democratic socialism. Democratic socials believe that democracy is a good thing. And if it's a good thing in, in the political sphere, why don't we also have it in economic and social spheres as well? So what would it mean if we could combine uh, the existing system with a jobs guarantee? What would it mean if instead of just having the right to purchase health insurance, we have the right to just receive health care when we need it? And uh, we think that if you get these basic levels of rights that ordinary people will be able to contribute more to society and they'll they'll contribute to creating the wealth and prosperity will allow us to give these rights to other people as well. I finally figured out what democratic socialism is. I finally figured it out. Honestly, I'm not even kidding. He just really laid it out for me. I honestly, this is the single difference between socialism and democratic socialism. It's this is implemented from votes. Democratic socialism is what is implemented from votes. Normally, it's from revolts. It's from overthrowing a government. So this is just them. Hey, we're going to try it peacefully first. Then we'll see where it takes us. Guys, and did you see in the clip too? It was a little longer clip, but I really wanted you just to hear it in context. See, the Democrat part is, hey, we're going to combine the voting part. With all of the socialist things, there's nothing democratic, quote unquote, of voting or community or sharing, cost sharing, none of that. It's all of these rights, quote unquote, of we're going to give you health care, we're going to provide you food, we're going to provide you education, and we're all going to pitch in together. That's every socialist communist um, system that was ever created. And we're going to build wealth like this from somehow. This is the same exact playbook of every other country. So again, I ask you, what is different? Nothing is different, guys. This is what we have to speak out against. I read you earlier on the comments that I get from people when you argue with them with facts, with logic, with the truth. There's nothing to be scared about. We have more 
far more to be scared about by not getting out there and asserting our voices and standing up and fighting back against this. They have nothing. So get out there and fight for our sake, for our children's sake. Let's take responsibility for our nation. Let's take responsibility for the talents God has given us through voting, through being engaged. America is supposed to be ruled by its citizens, which means God placed us Americans in this system with responsibility. He expects us to use it for the kingdom. And I'm not talking about just voting downright Republican. I'm saying let's vote Christian ideals, freedom, responsibility, private property. That's capitalism. And let's stop voting for the party of theft, of murder, of bloodshed, of covetousness. Not one Christian should vote Democrat. Get out there, spread the message so that we can continue to be successful. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless.